Welcome to the Haley Hennessy podcast, hosted by me, Haley Hennessy. In this podcast, we'll dive deep into topics that will empower you to discover new ways to make life juicier, more vibrant, and inspiring. Let's get started. It's time for another episode. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have decided that we are going to chat about slowing down. And before you close this podcast, before you close this episode, I just want to put it out there that I am going to share my perspective, my experience in slowing life down, but the result has been that I have gained more time. So doesn't that sound good to slow down a little bit? but also to have more time in your day to live and to be there and to be present. So for me, slowing down in my life has been a gradual shift. And this all started after I had graduated college and come down with some mystery illnesses that I still am not sure 100% what they were, but I was extremely exhausted I had fatigue, I had adrenal fatigue, I experienced poor and slow digestion, as well as migraine headaches, anxiety, nightmares, tingling and numbness in my feet and sometimes my hands, pain in my joints, pain in my back and neck, and all sorts of other little detail things And when I went to my doctors and they told me that I was fine, I was healthy, uh, I did not take that for my final answer. I did not want that to be how healthy felt for me. And so I embarked on a huge journey of health and wellness and have been on it ever since. And once I decided to start making changes, I learned more and more Uh, just how much I had been living a very rushed and hyper fast-paced life. And that was contributing to a lot of my issues and my illnesses and my inability to fully heal and to fully be able to take care of myself. And because I knew how good I used to feel when I was a little kid, when I was back in elementary school, I knew how vibrant I, I used to be and how I was excited to wake up every day. I was excited to go to school. I couldn't wait to see my friends and to do fun stuff. That was the thing that really pushed me as it was my why to continue to pursue this health journey. And there's a memory that I have of childhood that just is ooh, so good, so juicy for me. And being outside one summer, I was probably I was probably four or maybe five. And I remember being outside probably on a Sunday There was a lawnmower running far off in the distance. It was warm outside with a little bit of a breeze. And I was just laying in the grass, looking up at the clouds. Whenever I want a change of scenery, I'd roll over and I'd find bugs on the earth, in the soil. And there was nowhere to be, nothing to really do or get done. And there were morning doves in the background calling their call. And I felt so alive in that moment and so connected and just so at peace and at ease. 
And it stuck with me, even though there was nothing vivid and wild and loud and exciting happening in that very moment. It was such a memorable experience for me that comes up in my mind all the time. And so having this memory and putting it side by side with my more fast paced adult life, I realized the difference between the two and how the fast paced adult life was sometimes really fun, but there were so many small elements to it that weren't as solid and that weren't as grounding as those quiet childhood moments because there's a lot that goes into the adult moments. And putting responsibilities aside, when we are living a fast-paced life, we have to take into consideration a lot more. So if we are attending several different things throughout the day, we've got a time clock that we're watching. And when we are working on being on time or being at an event at a certain amount of time, then leaving at a certain time, that is an element that we have to pay attention to. That is a piece of us being removed from the present moment. Now, if we have to present ourselves in a certain way, a certain outfit, a certain look, there's another element that removes us from the present moment. If we need to talk to certain people or communicate with others that maybe we're not as excited about talking to or communicating with, there's something else that might remove us from the present moment. Just thinking about what we're going to say, how we're going to say it, when we're going to say it, and all of that. Now, if we haven't taken into consideration our personal well-being for the day, for the busy day, whether that be eating, drinking, rest, and just alone time, all of that comes into play throughout these events as well. Is our stomach growling? Are we thirsty? Do we have a cough because the back of our throat is dry? I could keep going with these little details, but I think you can see what I mean by all of this. The more that there's a teeny tiny little thing that we have to think about on top of the the thing that we're doing in that moment, the less present we are able to be. And often our bodies can compensate for the things that we're truly needing when we're not giving it to ourselves with health issues or with discomforts or pains that they use in order to get our attention. You know, if we don't listen to the discomfort in our low back and we keep pushing it off. We don't ever stretch. We don't ever take time to do a little yoga or to rest and massage it and all the things. It it builds and it builds and it builds until it's so painful and so loud that we can't miss it. We have to pay attention. We have to stop and do something about it. There's a huge industry around band-aiding over big issues and not dealing with the underlying cause. So if you've seen advertisements for the creams that you can put on your muscles or the uh, sticky adhesive pads that will help numb or tingle or warm these muscles, these things are great. They're great as a little instant relief protocol, but they're not something that is addressing the deeper issue. So these things can manifest as digestive issues, as headaches, as inner ear problems, as balance issues, as skin issues or hormone problems, spasms or sleep issues or mental troubles like anxiety, depression, panic attacks, nightmares, 
there's a lot that our bodies can create or manifest in order to communicate to us. And often we see these things as bad. And yes, they are uncomfortable, they're inconvenient, they're annoying, but they are a means of communicating. We can only truly start to pay attention and address the issues fully and in a real way if we begin to slow down. And so in my experience, once I actually started to slow down, I had a really violent reaction to the slowing down itself. It had been so long that I was used to a fast-paced, busy life that when I started to truly slow down and to remove things from my life and reevaluate and reassess, my inner thoughts and mind and nervous system all went into alarm mode, into a panic mode, because it was used to living at a certain tempo and I had completely shifted it in a very short amount of time. There are definitely ways where you can ease out of a busier life that I would definitely recommend doing instead of doing it cold turkey in the way that I did, because it'll be gentler to your system and you'll also be able to incorporate it into the life you're currently living into the way you're living life now. So you don't have to completely give up every single thing that's going on. It's just a rerouting of your energy, a rerouting of your time. And doing this allows more presence and more intention into your life. One of the first things that I started to do when I was rewiring or rerouting the way I live my life was starting to say no to extra activities that either occurred too late in the evening or that occurred during a time where I was feeling really tired or exhausted and I wouldn't be able to operate with a full cup. This meant being asked to go to things or asked to attend things and saying no. This meant uh, sometimes saying yes to things and then down the road if I didn't feel well, having to tell the person that invited me that I was no longer able to come and becoming comfortable with telling people no. If you are a person like I was that says yes to everything and shows up to everything and is always there, it can feel really selfish when you begin to say no to things and you begin to sometimes let people down by not showing up. Not only does it feel selfish sometimes, but it also feels kind of sad. It, it triggered for me that sense of uh, feeling of missing out. I felt like I was missing something that I no longer was going to be a part of this really cool experience that everybody who was in attendance was going to have amazing memories from and stories from and I was just going to be left out and wouldn't be able to get the jokes or whatever in the future with the same group of people. And so that also made me really sad. And I remember actually having said no to a party that one of my friends invited me to and actively being at home, being in bed, laying down and knowing that I wasn't there and that it was happening at that exact moment and that my friends were there and they were all having fun. And I just remember crying because I had that feeling, that feeling of missing out so strongly in my chest that I couldn't do anything but just tear up, well up and, and cry a little bit. And 
that was the way that night that I had to process those feelings. And the next morning I had made it through and it wasn't as bad. I I felt better because I had slept. I had gone to bed a little bit early. And then the thing that I found out that night and then every other night that I ever said no to something or afternoon or whenever, I found out from the people who were there that attended you know, it was great. It was enjoyable, but it wasn't the best night ever. And you find out (laughs) when you stop going to everything in the world that not all of it was actually that great, that life-changing. And for me now, where I am now, I want to save my energy and my capacity for the moments where the event is great and it is amazing and connecting and juicy My favorite moments in life have been having deep conversations with interesting people in natural, beautiful settings where there's no strict agenda, there's no strict dress code, and that everybody has what they need. Maybe this description sounds like a far-off dream, but really, these moments can come up in anyone's life. One simple example of that was when I lived out west, I would have potlucks with my friends every few weeks and we would all show up at someone's house. Everybody would bring a vegan plant-based dish and that was it. We would hang out with each other. We would talk with each other. We had the food that we need. We had water. We had a safe space to be in. And we had each other. And that was the perfect situation to bring amazing conversations, to bring funny moments where we could laugh and joke with one another. Also, there was great moments where we would watch a movie or just connect over some sort of entertainment. Sometimes we would grill out or have a fire or pull angels cards or just drink a little bit of tea and enjoy each other's presence. And it was just that simple to make my favorite situation to experience in my life happen. So I want to ask you, what are examples of your favorite moments in life? What can you remember maybe beyond a child being born or a special once in a lifetime event? What have been some of your most favorite and treasured experiences? Were you outside in nature? Were you connecting with special people? Were you creating something and in that flow state? What is it for you? Once I got comfortable with saying no, realized that the things I was saying no to and missing out on weren't the end of the world and that I was better off the next day without them and was able to identify the type of situations that I really wanted to be in and that I wanted to see happen in my life, I was able to use these skills or this new mental framework as a guide for how I wanted to organize my life. I found that I really treasured being at home and that I really treasured peace and the lack of feeling frazzled and chaotic. And so I started to see where I could trim things down. 
there was a time where I was involved with many different boards and groups and clubs and planning committees and all of this on top of my everyday job. And when I realized that I truly treasured my time living a slower life, I started to reevaluate and figure out which things were things that I wanted to keep in my life and things that I needed to begin to cut ties with. And a really great way to do this is to just create a list of everything that you do each week that is outside of what you need to do all the time, like take care of your kids and do the dishes. Don't put that stuff on the list, but anything you do outside of the home that isn't required, put it on a long list, just one after another, and then go through the list and start to compare the first item with the second item. And if you had to choose the first or the second and those two only, which one would you choose? Then do that all the way down the list. One and two, I pick one. One and three, I pick one. One and four, I pick four. Four and five, I pick four. Four and six, I pick four. Can you see what I'm saying? (laughs) So do that down the entire list. And then once you get to the end, you'll actually be able to see which ones were the top, the ones that kind of battled each other for a long time. And you can go through and do this a couple times if you want to, but it'll show you your top things that you enjoy, that you cherish in your day-to-day life. And then it'll also reveal the things that you don't really get much from or that you don't enjoy. This will at least give you the insight of where you can begin to think about paring down. And if it's something you volunteered for or it's something that has an end date, you can begin to question if it's time for you to pass the torch or to step down when the date comes around. And if it's something that's kind of ongoing, it's a good opportunity to begin thinking about the conversations that you need to have in order to step down from this situation. Something else that kind of revealed itself to me during my experience with this is that I always felt like I needed to justify my leaving a position or an obligation to someone else. But the truth is, you really don't have to justify it to anybody. It's nobody else's business why you're deciding to leave a position. If someone asks, you can just say it's a personal matter or I'd rather not say. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Another thing that came up for me that was pretty strong was the feeling of how guilty I felt for the way that my future absence was going to be felt by other people. Oh, this person's going to feel so overwhelmed by me stepping out of this position or, oh, this person's going to have to fill in the gaps for me or whatever it may be. These thoughts came up a lot or like this is going to hurt their feelings if I don't continue to do this with them. And first, I just want to say you're amazing for caring about other people and it is so thoughtful and kind of you. And It's also not your responsibility at all. Other people's feelings and emotions are nothing that we have control over. Even when we think we do, we absolutely don't. We cannot control other people's feelings and we're not responsible for other people's feelings. And by living our lives in a way to dance around 
other people and their feelings and the reactions they may have, that's actually a form of codependency, first of all. And second of all, it's also keeping the opportunity from that person to regulate their emotions and to regulate themselves and to go through a situation that in the end will help them better themselves and better their emotional well-being. Think about it. If we aren't doing or saying or sharing something to someone else because we think it might make them mad, we're really just keeping opportunities from that person that they, if presented with that opportunity, would be able to use in order to rise to the occasion and learn from the experience then use that experiential knowledge in the future when they find themselves in a similar scenario, and then so on and so on. It's so important in our human experience to take some time to look and reflect inward and see what's going on. Why is this triggering? We can't live our lives around other people's triggers. That's not our job. That's their job. And the sooner that we can have that experience saying no to someone, even though they might be sad, the more we do this and allow that person to feel their feelings, the more secure we will become in speaking our truth, speaking our needs, and allowing ourselves the respect and the love that we deserve when we take our own needs into consideration and make it a priority. Because really at the end of the day, just like those people who are having to regulate their emotions, we need to regulate our emotions. We need to put our needs first because no one else can put our needs first for us. We are the only ones who can do that and we are the ones who have to do that. Can you imagine if everybody on the planet put their own needs first and everybody allowed everyone else to feel their own feelings and didn't feel responsible for those other people's feelings, it would be an amazing, beautiful world. And it can seem at face value like this is very selfish. And this is a word that I have coined. I made it up. But I don't see that as selfish. I see that as self-full. Self-full. Huh, that's what I like to call it because when we take the time to say no to something that we don't want to go to, give ourselves the opportunity to rest and to take in the things that we need, the time that we need for ourselves, the next day we are going to feel so much better. We're going to be able to feel more present in our bodies. We're going to be able to feel more energized and ready to go when we interact with the people around us. And typically this means our family. Don't you want to show up as your best self for your family? Often it's easy for our families to get the worst of us. Think about it. We go out, we have these terrible interactions all day long. We have these situations with people that we don't really know that well that get us going, get our blood pumping and us feeling angry. And then we come home and then we accidentally unload that on our partners, on our children, on our whoever else we live with, our friends, our chosen family, and they're the ones who get the worst of us. Don't you think that the people we love the most deserve the best of us? I do. <laughs> and so going forward, this is a big topic. This is a big project. 
but it is such a liberating thing to commit yourself to. Really focusing in on those feelings of guilt or those feelings of codependency or the over-responsibility that we may have put on ourselves for the other people around us. We all want more connection. We all want more vulnerability and the safety to feel like we can be vulnerable too. We all want to enjoy our time to feel peace and ease and loveliness. And it's time for us to make that happen for ourselves. Because again, we are the only ones who can make this happen for ourselves. And so we need to be intentional. We need to make smart choices, wise choices. So then we can get back to doing the things that light us up, that make our cup more than half full, to fill our cup so we can go out into the world and do the things that we enjoy doing with a full cup. This desire and this passion for living this way is not selfish. It's self-full. It's life-giving. It's important. It's the reason why we're here on this planet to fully understand and embody who we are in order to inspire others, in order to help and show love to others. And let me tell you, as a coach, I need to hold a lot of space for people. And when I am not full, my cup is not full, it's a lot harder for me to hold that space and to be that person for others to share their vulnerabilities with and to unload their worries to. And I totally understand that. I recognize that. And thank goodness I, I've had enough experience knowing what it feels like to be able to be this for someone. But I also know what it feels like to be in this role and have an empty cup. And they really don't go well together. It's really difficult. And no one should experience a coach with an empty cup. And I think the same goes for all the other roles that we're in. Isn't it a disservice to show up with an empty cup? I mean, some I, I don't I'm not trying to point or blame. Sometimes it's really difficult to have that time to have that intention to allow ourselves to fill our cups back up and to not feel guilty while doing it. But I think a great reason to allow ourselves to begin filling our own cups back up is to show up in the roles that we've chosen as our best selves, or at least our mostly best selves. You know, that sounds great. And for me, in order to do this, I need to sit in meditation. I need to do some yoga. I need to cook myself homemade meals every day. I need to eat a lot of fruit. I need to drink a lot of water. I need to sleep. And I like to do other things to do that as well. I like to connect with my partner and my pet. I like to water my plants and keep my home environment lovely and fresh and clean. I like to talk to my friends and go on walks in nature and get outside and exercise and so much fun, juicy stuff. Like, don't those things sound fun to you? Maybe not. It's okay if they don't. But you've got your own list of stuff to where you can just start listing the things you enjoy that will start to make you feel excited and upbeat. And yes, I want to do these things. 
And often we put those things on the back burner because we've got such full lives. We think we need to get these things done because they're propelling us forward. But really, the things on this list over here that are really fun and juicy and kind of slow, you know, slow, slow living things, those are the things that light us up and make us a better version of ourselves. And so I don't think it's silly at all to reduce the amount of time we have to do out of the house obligations in order to give us more time at home to do the things that we want to do or to spend time with the people that we love the most. So what do you think? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this topic, and if you want to share them with me, please hop on over to Instagram and send me a little message and get the conversation going. When we can give ourselves what we need, when we can slow down and add the fun, yummy, nourishing things back into our life, we are getting so much time back. We are able to be present. We are able to listen deeper and more intensely. We're able to catch the jokes and to share the hugs and to not rush out in order to stay on time or skip a meal in order to get to something else that is on the list. Instead, we can chew slowly and we can eat with others. We can get home a little earlier and then we can go to bed a little earlier and then we can wake up a little happier. Doesn't this all sound amazing? It is so possible. You can start incorporating this into your life today and I'm going to keep doing it too. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll talk to you in the next episode. 